All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. We're living in a digital age. We're in an interesting time in history. Where we've got access to more information. We have these magical touch interfaces. We can access this information rapidly. Which is on one hand a fantastic thing. And on the other hand, it is emotionally draining People feel today stretched too thin. Exposure actually increases our level of anxiety and makes us nervous. They can't turn it off. I definitely feel information overload. It's Note to Self and welcome to Info Magical. A week of challenges to help us make information overload disappear. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and you just heard a montage of all the wonderful voices that you're going to be hearing from this week. If you're new to this podcast, welcome! Note to Self is the tech show about being human. You're joining us during a very special week. We are doing five days of podcasts in a row for Info Magical. This is a project that's going to help you organize your overwhelmed brain and think more clearly focus. Or, as I've explained it to my parents, it's kind of a public radio digital literacy project on acid. To get more context, the science and technology behind the project, I'd recommend that you go back and listen to last week's episode. Or you can just go with it. Sign up at wnyc.org slash infomagical. It's really fast and easy, and it will make your infomagical experience much more magical. Plus, you'll also get a personal emoji. And then here's how it'll work. Every day this week, you'll get a challenge, an exercise to help you think about what you're consuming and why, and get you a little bit closer to your information goal, the one you chose or will choose when you signed up. Everything you consume will make you more creative or more in touch with friends and family, for example. Here are some of the goals that participants picked and why. Hey, Manoush. Rachel here. Hello. My name is Brandon. Hi, note to self. Elena here. My infomagical goal is to be more in tune with myself. I'd like to focus on an area that I've built up very specific skills. I want to study French. Learning how to write a program. I'm using this as a guide to help reinvent myself. To be inspired creatively. And focus more on what I want to do. I signed up today with multiple emails and my cell phone number so I can have three different goals. I need help. This is going to be awesome. So here are the instructions for the first day's challenge. Today, we are focusing on, well, our ability to focus. 
Remember what that feels like? No? This exercise will remind you. All day long, you will be single-tasking. Sure, you've heard of multitasking, and maybe you already know that multitasking is actually a myth, that humans are incapable of doing multiple things at the same time. What we really do is we just switch from one thing to another very quickly. And every time we switch tasks, we pay a price. Here's neuroscientist Dr. Daniel Levitin. Every time you shift your attention from one thing to another, the brain has to engage a neurochemical switch that uses up nutrients in the brain to accomplish that. So if you're attempting to multitask, you know, doing four or five things at once, you're not actually doing four or five things at once because the brain doesn't work that way. Instead, you're rapidly shifting from one thing to the next, depleting neural resources as you go. So switch, switch, switch. You're using glucose, glucose, glucose. Exactly right. And we have a limited supply of that stuff. The other interesting thing is decision... Wait, can I just ask, is that why I want candy when I'm working really hard on my computer? Yes, it is. Uh, (gasps) Oh my God, for real? (laughs) Okay, so rapidly switching tasks, it depletes our brain. It makes it tough for us to think straight, and it makes some of us want to eat candy. Professor of informatics Gloria Mark, who we heard from briefly in our thesis episode last week, says that this rapid switching isn't a new affliction, but it is an intensifying one. Back, it was about 10 years ago, we found that people shifted their attention between online and offline activities about every three minutes on average. These are information workers. But now we're looking at more recent data and we're finding that people are shifting roughly about every 45 seconds when they work online. And in general, there's this continual shifting of attention throughout the day. And cumulatively, what does that mean? If I'm task switching online every 45 seconds, how the hell am I getting anything done? We find that there's a relationship. The more that people switch their attention, the higher their stress level is. Stressed out information workers, today we unite. We tell people online and off that we need to do one thing at a time, that we are truly only capable of doing one thing at a time. And gosh darn it, we need their help to focus and complete the job at hand, to single task. You know, there's a really old term that's used for that. It's called monochronic work behavior. But I think the reality is that for information workers, they have to respond to the demands of the workplace. They might have every attention of doing monochronic work, But if their boss sends them an email or they feel social pressure to keep up with their emails, they have to keep responding to emails and being interrupted. Do you think there's a better way we could ask them to try and see things through each task through to completion? I think that if people were given the ability to signal to colleagues or just even to signal online, hey, I'm working on this task don't bother me. You know, I'll let you know when I'm ready to be interrupted. We once developed a prototype system where a person could signal to their colleagues what task they were working on. Gloria Mark and her team at UC Irvine actually created and tested a prototype for office workers to use, like a physical signal. It was a miniature Japanese garden, a desktop version, actually, And depending on how you arranged the rocks, colleagues would know what you were up to. 
So people could actually place rocks in different portions of this miniature garden that would signal to their colleagues what they were working on at the moment. And then the colleagues would know, okay, I can interrupt them right now because they're working on this paper that I'm jointly working on with them. But, you know, I shouldn't talk to them about this other topic. They're not working on that. Oh, my God, this is amazing. So they were, like, literally drawing a line in the sand about when you could interrupt them and when you couldn't. Literally, yes. Okay, we can't make you all miniature Japanese gardens. God almighty, do I wish we could. But what we can and have done is make custom emojis that you can post on Facebook or Slack or wherever to signal that you can't jump on Gchat or respond to that email right this second. Because today, you are single-tasking. You are getting in for magical. Oh, and you know who else should be told not to interrupt you today? Uh, yourself. Gloria Mark has a term for this. She calls it the pattern of self-interruption. And it actually might be the most helpful thing you learned today. It was for me. So there's what we call external interruptions, an email notification, a person coming into your office. But there's also self-interruptions or internal interruptions. And so from an observer's perspective, you're watching a person They're typing on a Word document, and then for no apparent reason, they suddenly stop what they're doing and they shift and, Mm -hmm. you know, look at email or check Facebook. And so these kinds of self-interruptions happen almost as frequently as people are interrupted from external sources. So we find that when external interruptions are pretty high, you know, in any particular hour, and then if, if the next hour, if the level of external interruptions wane, then people self-interrupt. In other words, if you've had a hectic hour dealing with lots of email and people stopping by your desk, even if the next hour calms down, you will start interrupting yourself. Interruptions are self-perpetuating. Jeez. Okay, so single task today, friends. Take in information with your goal in mind. See if you can get just a few steps closer to putting that information to work for you. And maybe you'll feel a little bit of magic, however you define it. Tomorrow, a magical phone. The author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Marie Kondo, is here. For now, though, stick to your information goal. Keep your eye on the prize. Everything you consume this week, it's got to help you get closer to that information goal. If you haven't chosen one yet, it's easy. Go to wnyc.org slash infomagical. If you signed up for Infomagical via text, we're going to be checking in with you later today, but not too much. Don't worry. And if you're doing Infomagical by email, you'll get another one tomorrow morning. That's all for now. Single task, my friends. Turn this off and decide what you are doing next and then do it until it is done. I am going to drink a cup of coffee. And that's it. Until the next thing. The whole Note to Self team wishes you a magical day. Note to Self and Infomagical come from a magical place called WNYC Studios. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and I'll talk to you on day two.